Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So, you know, look, it's it's the it's the new NBA and it's not just enough to have two or, you know, three stars. You know, you have to have a cavalry now, you know, um, because somebody else will. You know, the Timberwolves, good example. Like, there's a reason why they're, you know, first in the West. Because it's not just, you know, Anthony Edwards, it's McDaniel, it's Cat, it's, you know, Gobert. Like, they have a unit, you know, yeah. of, of secondary guys, you know, who are coming in and, and, and will it, ready to contribute, you know, at any moment. And, like, that's not what you could say about the Grizz, for example. That's not what you could say about the Warriors. And that's why those two teams right now are fighting to make the play-in, among other reasons for the Grizzlies. But still, that's in there. Um and that's why teams like the Timberwolves and the and, and the Clippers uh, are are firmly in, you know. That's part of the thing now. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It it just I don't think it's as simple as just run it back next year, whatever it is. And we're talking about saying first hour, whether it's an upgrade to three, whether it's the upgrade at the center position, something's going to have to. You gotta you gotta find some production on the bench, man. You really do. And it's not it's not Brandon Clark's not enough. Like you mean you need like a guard slash a wing, and may, you know is it Vince Williams? I, I yeah I don't know. I don't think so. You know I I I, I like what he's done. It's just hard. It's no, like, he's more of a back of the rotation guy. You feel good about that as opposed to him in your top five. Exactly, exactly. Like if you go if you look at the like Pelicans, if you look at the at the at the Timberwolves roster, it's it's elite. Cat, Jay McDaniels. Gobert, Ant, Mike Conley, Nas Reed, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Kyle Anderson, like Josh Minot. They got they got dudes up and down, you know. And it's like I don't say I'm not saying there's a lot of guys, a lot of franchises that have that, but that's who you have to compete with, you know. Mm-hmm. One through ten, your one through ten is not good in Memphis. It's not good in Golden State. You can go ahead and put OKC on there too, because Chet Holmgren looks hundred percent great legit. call. That roster is unbelievable. It is. They're gonna have to. I mean, I, they're gonna. I don't know what they're gonna have to do, but like that's. I mean, they're they'd have no holes, dude. They have no holes in that roster. Jalen, both Jalen Williams, Lou Dort, Chet, Shea, Giddy, uh, Isaiah Joe comes in, hits threes. They mm-hmm. drive to Casey Wallace, bro. That roster is good. Call out. I should have mentioned them. There's no bad player that plays for them. Absolutely. You know, and and that's that's who you have to keep up with. You know, well, and you don't even know if Stephen Adams right now is one of those guys. You can have the hope that he is. But, exactly. Um, that's the issue. Man. Somebody's got to play next to Jaron. How about that, man? OKC's actually had a pretty damn good. Like they've had pretty good fortune. Yep. Low rights that their title window starts now. That's that's right. I mean, they're sitting there second in the West. They they will be heard from again for Minnesota for OKC winning in the playoffs is going to be a separate, uh, different thing. Yep. Um, but those teams are poised to take that next step. That's right. At least one of them. That's right. Maybe both. So you don't make a trade to, if you're the Grizzlies, for example. I know we started this by talking about the Warriors, but I don't necessarily think these two teams are that different. You don't make a trade to save this season. Well, they're different than one's done-done. Yes, correct. The war, the war, in now, terms of where they are right now, yeah, kind of in similar you boats. You can't but save that. That's just a tear down. Exactly. Yeah, That's you're, a tear you're, down. You are still one of the youngest teams in the NBA. But what the Warriors did do, you know, is they went out and they acquired Kevin Durant, or they brought Kevin Durant in to sort of, you know, self-propel themselves, right? Like, hey, we, you know, we just lost the finals. Like, what are we going to do? I don't, I'm not saying the Grizzlies have to go do that, but you got to clearly inject something into this into this group. Um, so you're not you're not making a trade to save this season. This season is is, is what it is. It's like how do you sort of refuel basically that mm-hmm. rocket ship? 
that you were, you know, two years ago? That's that's the question. Yeah. So it's not an easy answer because it has you have to have assets, you have to and, have cooperating yeah, you parties. Have, you have fewer assets than you did. That's right. Um, but good organizations make moves. You know, um, that that even when it doesn't look obvious. So we shall see what uh, what what transpires with this franchise. Over the next, you know, three to four months. Should be very interesting. All right, we'll come back. Parr's going to join us from the Daily Memphis. We'll talk to him about Memphis basketball's win last night. The latest on Caleb Mills, seeding, all of that and more. Stick around. Jason and John, I'll turn to FM, ESPN. The Louisville Memphis Group at the Real Estate Agency uh, wants to help you. That is their objective every single time. Help you make the most money for your home. Hey, you're in it together, right? So you know that they're working on your behalf. And whatever the situation may be, however... It may feel hopeless or down or whatever. They can turn it into a great situation. Help you get more money for your home than you could have imagined. But you got to take that step. Reach out. One way to do it, sold at livelovememphis.com. Yep, they're the best. 901-625-5200. Call them. They'll prove it to you. Likely get you more money for that home than you even think possible. Was the case for me. Was the case uh, recently for Alvin uh, out in Raleigh, but they're not just uh, selling homes in Raleigh like they did for me and Alvin. They're selling homes all over, and even in Nashville. Uh, now, they have expanded to the Nashville area, so if you know someone up that way uh, that could use the help, and this is certainly expert help from Jennifer Carstensen, pass along the number, 901-625-5200. Again, selling, buying, whatever it is, either side, she's got you covered. She did both for me, and yeah, made it real easy and blew us away in terms of what we were able to get for our home. You can be next, 901 625 5200. It's the Live Love Memphis, Live Love Nash, and Live Love DeSoto teams at the real estate agency. Uh, Parth from the Daily Memphian is going to join us uh, in just a little bit. Talk to him uh, about the game last night, Caleb Mills' injury, um, what he expects in terms of the production replacement. Is it is it just as simple as Jaquan Walton? Is it a committee? Is it, right. you know, Tomlin's edition? All these things. So, uh, we'll get into all of that with Parth and the Daily Memphian uh, at one twenty-five. Uh, okay, uh, bef- the next time you guys hear from us, it will be game day. Uh, That's exactly right, John. For the college football national championship, on one side of this you have Michael Penix and the Electric Washington Huskies. On the other side, you have America's team, Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. Um, as of right now, the consensus still is Michigan minus four and a half. Four, four and a half. I'm going to say four and a half for now, although, again, it is shading from what I'm seeing back towards Washington a little bit at four. Um, and I and I certainly understand why. I get it. Penix was amazing. Um, and, and it is true. It is true that the – Wolverines have not come close to seeing a quarterback of his caliber this season. I mean, that is that is the first thing. It's yep. like, who is the best quarterback? Is it, is it Milrow? Or is it the younger brother of Tua at Maryland? You, I'll go Milrow because he'll be good next year. He, by the way, is transferring Tua's brother. Not Milrow, but Tua. Maryland quarterback. Yeah, uh, Tua's brother is transferring. Um, we'll see if, if – Tulane just got a quarterback too. We'll see if Memphis gets involved on Tua's uh, – younger brother, there is a connection there uh, because Tua was compared to Drake when he got the braids, and Drake's dad is from Memphis. Keep it real. So we'll just have to see if there's a you know a push there from Memphis. Now, Memphis has his quarterback, guys. You guys know that. He's going to change his number again next year. You know that? Oh, is that true? Missed that. You know, I, know, I didn't realize this either. Seth Hennigan's changed his number every year he's been here. What's the, what's the thinking behind that? Don't know. That's interesting. But he's changed it every year. I would not and do so, that. And uh, so, Jonan Dillon predicts that he's going to go to back to his old high school number, the B right over the commercial appeal, go back to his old high school number for his final year. It's kind of weird because most folks just stay the same number. But yeah, um, I would he's, like he's just... changed every year. I don't know. I mean, I, I might stick with the number I had this past year when I became the all-time leading passer in Memphis history, but he doesn't do that. Seth likes to switch it up. Isn't that kind of nuts? <laughs> it's a little weird. You don't see it. You don't see it. In uh, football, you don't see it in most sports. Well, yeah, once you're partial to success, their number, yeah, especially once you guys like success. buy numbers in the NFL. It's like I'll I'll I'll, I'll give you fifty yeah. grand if you give me your jersey number. Yeah, you know? what numbers JJ McCarthy were? Go uh, ten. I have no idea. I was just testing you. And well, how the hell we, we this is the blind lean the blind. We used to care. We used to, but because no nobody care about JJ nine. Yeah, you were way off. I was like, well, I buy one. 
I was off by you. You didn't even give an answer. Again, you obviously don't care about numbers. You didn't know Seth switches it up every year. I don't and care about And you got no idea what number J.J. Numbers. McCarthy's wearing in the national championship game. All right, I bet you, Jim, Penix, I don't know. Penix jersey, go. Well, is it a three? Not no damn three. I don't know what that fool wears. He also wears number nine. Yeah. Caleb Mills wears nine. What would be your number as a QB? The Ohio State backup wore 33, and that's how you knew this clown was a bum. So he said he wanted to salute Sammy Ball. Oh, I see. And and then he left the game after five plays. I was a I was eighty one and at Snowden. But that was not a quarterback. When I played receiver. Yeah, yeah. Eighty one's a is a fine I just wide wore receiver a practice number. jersey. And Price told you I didn't get through practice full once I got promoted to first string quarterback. If I was a QB, my number would be two. That's what I would go with. I just think two is a good, even, nice looking number. You know, Jay will wore it. Let's go. That'd be mine. But you literally never played for a team, so you never yeah, even had the opportunity. Right, you never even had the opportunity to ask for a number. Oh to be assigned yeah, I mean, I could, I could get a number. Brad, what number did you wear in high school? This Twenty-two. Is a former athlete. Same see? as Bain. See, and he knows. See, because it's special for athletes, John. Yes, it's apparently not. Never though. feel. Apparently not. It's not that important. That's like whatever. He's just, weird. That's that's the point of the stories. Well, we all saw the atypical. locker room video, and that's when I was out. That's when I when I saw the dance video. That's when I hit. Bro, he AD can dance like that all day long. Now, did you see how he turned the season around after starting the year with seven picks? I mean, I got nothing to love for Seth Hennigan as a college quarterback. No, he's growing up. Amen. There's, there's no question. He is definitely he is definitely growing up. Um, if I was a uh, you know a wide receiver, I think I'd go with the eighty eight. I like the eight eight. You know that one, a little Steve Largen out there. Yeah, buddy, white, white receiver. What's what? 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 Because what, you ain't feeling and you ain't cup. Invincible. Hmm? It, it, what's the movie? What was the movie about the invincible? Oh, Papali. Yeah. What was his number? <laughs> did I, his, I have his, no idea. His son played for the Showboats or something. His nephew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Played for the Showboats. Mm-hmm. Very. You're doing real good on here on this. Uh, what is the six degrees of separation thing you're doing here? You're yeah, going from story yeah. to story. Well, I mean, that's little... my expertise is white skill position players. I mean, in football, that's that's what I'm gonna be on top of all what day. What is Blake Corum gonna do to that Washington defense that's ranked 44th in the country? Yeah, 44th. Not. Uh, if not I, good for a national. If champion. I if I know my numbers. That's not where you want to be as a defensive ranking. You're, you're feeling points, it sounds like. You like uh, Michigan. You I'm, like I'm those points? I'm just worried that John and everybody else is all on this side. It looks yeah. so obvious. Is it too much? You schooled me. You told me when that's the case, go on the other side. That's think, the way you, you think, raised you me. You think most people I think most people got Michigan. Michigan. I thought I, I, I agree thought with I heard you. Jeffrey Wright's on Michigan. Everybody's on Michigan because of know. this Washington defense that we're all concerned about. How wow. does it hold up? I don't Your know. Your game think, script about holding. Michigan's the team that can run the ball and keep keep Penix off the field, all that lines up. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, look, I think... And, but, um, but everybody's on that side, it feels like to me. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, it, I, and it feels like Washington's trendy because they're still a four-point dog despite the fact that they did what they did against Texas. You know, And I think a lot of people are going to be interested in taking the points there, and I don't necessarily blame them. I understand You know, if I did not... If I did not feel the way I feel about Michigan and how they've been the best team in college football all season long, number one defense, without question, I would probably be in the same boat. But yeah, I think Corum is is in, in this Michigan offense is going to be on the field a lot. I just do. I think they're going to be able to go on these five, six, seven minute drives. Okay, and there's only sixty minutes in a football game. So if you if this is how I truly feel about this, this is a game that is going to be decided in the first quarter, in terms of. Is Michigan able to move the chains? Are they able to uh, grind that clock down and turn it into a you know a war of attrition? Because if they can do that, uh, Washington can't win. If, let's just say Washington gets the ball first, okay, and they go down and they march and they score, we got a game. Anything's possible at that point. If Washington gets out to a 7-0 lead, they're, they're dictating the terms of the game. If the game flow favors Michigan, which – they can't. We saw it when they played a fake team last year, right? When they played TCU, which is a fake team, mm-hmm. they scored forty-five. Now TCU ended up winning the game, but they scored forty-five. They're like, oh my god, where this Michigan? No, the Mich- Michigan plays the Big Ten, where everybody's good at defense for the most part, right? So when they get into a team that uh, up next against a team that doesn't have that kind of a defense, they can score. Um, so it'll be interesting to see sort of how Michigan chooses to play this. But if if Michigan can sort of wrap around. You know Washington like a like a boa constrictor. I don't really see because it's going to put too much pressure on Penix to be perfect. Yeah, I like ha- that point that you made. He's going to have to convert every third every down possession they get. And and I think the Michigan DBs are on a, on a different level than what Washington's receivers have seen. Again, 
I could be totally wrong on this, and Washington could just march up and down the field on him, and 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 all this means nothing. But I just I trust what I mean, we got a long sample size. I mean, Michigan just beat the SEC champion that beat Georgia, and they far from played their best game. Lots of miscues. Washington was on the brink of losing despite a freaking unbelievable game from Michael Penix, 430-plus yards, you know, and they could – I mean, they're five yards away from losing, you know. And I guess you could say the same for you Michigan. Say, I was going to say, the Michigan, they could have lost that game. Yeah. Especially the, special teams. If with the play how design was played. a little better, you know, yeah. maybe so. Or if um, you don't get that fourth and two. But, look, I do think these are two – these two teams belong here. There's no doubt about it. I think this, these are the two – because – what I will give credit to Washington on, I mean, they beat Oregon twice. Yeah, but that's really it. But that's a, that's a lot. I understand. Because Oregon killed everybody else they played. Yeah, you had their number. They killed everybody. They, they, Liberty came in there. Liberty, Biberty, I heard their fans. They, Woo! We got a chance! Oh, that's a joke. We struck first. And then them folks on a 45 nothing run. Like, Oregon is sick. Oregon was nasty this year. Um, so to beat them twice, uh, once as a 10-point underdog outright, yeah, it's I mean, I'll give it, it to you. It's, it's impressive, but I'm on again. Washington, you talk about they belong here. They got a defense rated 44th in the country, and yeah, you were able to beat Oregon twice, but that wasn't because of the defense, because of Penix. Right, he got you. He's the one got you through. Right, and again, th- th- this will be the best defense you face. It's literally the best defense in the country. Yep. Let's say Oregon's was 16th this year, so an, an elite defense, but nothing like what Michigan has. And again, if if you can't stop Michigan. Um, I, I I don't know how Penix can be perfect. I will say this: and Michigan DBs are talking to Giannano about this. NFL caliber, they are. I the mean, defense is most, real. Most guys on that defense, I expect, will have you know NFL cha- an NFL chance. Now, Washington's fourth in the country offensively. Yep. Guess who was tenth? Uh, Memphis. That's right. Yeah, but Memphis is playing against a bunch of damn. I clowns. don't care. They're playing they against Melrose. Missouri. They did. scored on Missouri. They did. They scored more than Ohio State. Better believe it. By a lot. Man, had a top 10 offense this year. That is nuts. Who's the OC? Cramsey. Cramsey ball. That's why he was up for the Frank Broyles. Cramsey ball. And we kept, we're retaining him, right? Up to Cramsey, yeah. Yeah, I think he, you know, he, was, he was mentioned for the Penn State opening, but I don't think, I think they hired, they went with somebody else. But yeah. Cramsey ball. Cramsey ball, dude. Cramsey so, ball is explosive. The charge for Jordan Hankins, new DC at Memphis. Get them up from 111. There's only 133. They were 111 in the country last year with an offense ranked 10th. Like we said yesterday, just get in the 70s or 60s, and this thing could be special next year. Yeah, I think uh, in terms of maybe you're in the college football. That's doable. The one thing it's got to be doable. The one thing I will say about Washington, though, as it relates to this point spread, is that they have been pretty disrespected. Uh, I, I, I won't say disrespected. I'll say they have been met with cynicism by the market. In every big game this year, every single one, they were four point underdogs, four and a half point underdogs against Texas. They were ten point, friggin' ten point underdogs against Oregon in the Pac twelve championship game. The only game where they really actually did command the 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 uh, attention of, of of the market was in that home game against Oregon, where they were minus three, but they were at home, right? I mean, who knows what that number would have been if it was in Eugene as opposed to, you know, in in, in terms of Washington. I misspoke because. Texas' defense was ranked higher than Oregon, so te- Texas to this point was the best defense they faced, 11 to 8 to 18. Or, yeah. So, te- I mean, that was a good defense there. Yeah, it was. It was. It didn't, it, did, it didn't feel like that was the 11th ranked defense that watched them. I mean, I, maybe that's just a testament to Penix. But. It is a testament. He is a computer in terms of knowing the offense and where those guys are going to be. The Big 12 sucked, though. I, he uh, barely wastes a throw. Yeah. The Big 12 was really – I know their bowl record was 5-3 and three or whatever and ended up finishing, but it was not that good. I mean, in Texas – and I was even saying this on all the betting shows I was doing over the break. Like, Texas did not do anything that convincing in the Big 12 other than beat the crap out of Oklahoma State in the championship game. Yeah. And that was, like, clearly not the second-best team in the Big 12. It's just the way that worked in terms of the division. They didn't beat Oklahoma. Um, they barely got by TCU, barely got by Kansas State. That was having quarterback problems, so I was like, I never went into that one feeling like, oh yeah, it's got to be Texas. Texas is the is is definitely gonna get to the is like, eh, just, eh, kind of felt like they played above their head, maximized whatever they were. Um, I think Monday night's gonna be a hell of a game. I do. Um, I have Michigan. I don't love it. I don't feel like I'm necessarily like, oh, 100 percent I'm on the right side of this. Like I don't have that level of confidence in it. 
Um, but I do think Michigan wins. And I'm I'm at the point now where if I think a team's going to win, I'm just going to lay the points, you know? And I might not be and – and they might win by three or they might win by two, but I'm done trying to thread the needle, you know what I'm saying? If I pick an underdog, I have to believe they're going to win. Not just take points, and if I'm if I believe a favorite's going to cover, or, you know, or win, I'm just going to take the points. I'm just going to take. The, I'm just going to lay them. So that's what I did. I laid the four and a half. Is my guy's name Romy or Rome Odunze? I think it's Rome. Yeah, that's my receiver at number ten, and we'll yeah. be taking. Yeah, I think it's Rome. It'll be opposite DJ Moore next year for great names. Great. Name. I'll be watching him Monday night. Yeah, he's been a stud. He's been great. He's been great, and they're going to they're going to they're really put some pressure on that Michigan defense. I'll be interested to see six three two fifteen. He's got good size. Big dude, man, and they make circus catches. And Penix puts him right. Well, I was going to say, it ain't got to be a circus catch because he puts it in a bread basket. It's amazing, man. It's going to be a different, different animal, though, on Monday. I guess somebody's going to take a flyer on him because you're not going to draft him as your franchise QB. And they're going to, you know, we'll see what, what he turns out to be. Because well, well, he's going to be in the NFL. I think, we, I think we called it pretty correctly with, like, the Hinn and Hooker comparison. Like, he, yeah, got, yeah, he, got, yeah, exactly. he got drafted, you know. Right, right, right. And they'll just, you know, put him in a in a developmental situation and see what he's got. Mm-hmm. And if he, you know, who knows. But I would definitely, he's definitely going to get drafted. You're exactly right. He's, he's too talented not to. He'll have, to. he'll have to prove that he can hold up and all those things. Apparently, like, he he has bad anxiety. Like, he throws up. Um, like, I saw that. Yeah. like I, I wouldn't have suspected that about him. He yeah. seems so smooth. Yeah. Which I which which makes me like him even more that he's you like, like him because he's regular, he's just a, he's just a regular he's a, guy man steaming Willie Beeman out there throwing anxiety up. yeah he's maybe, throwing up before the in the huddle and stuff yeah I don't know about that bro I don't know about that uh, them guts them bad them bubble guts before games if it's got you wouldn't he be good in like a you know flyer at Denver as your as your potential you know guy no I think they need they need to to believe more that the guy the next guy they get is the guy. Yeah, they need to go yeah, firmer because you're not going to throw Penix out there first year and say, "Okay, go be our franchise quarterback." I, I think it's going to. I don't know if he. I mean, we say that, and he's older, so yeah. it's not like you can sit around and wait on him. But I don't know if Denver's the situation. But looks like they need defensive guys too. Oh yeah, tackle, tight end, uh, corner guy, edge is what it says here. I don't know. It's going to be a really interesting draft after Week 18. I mean, this thing's going to be all over the place. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, should be uh, should be a fun uh, fun end of the year here. Uh, before we get to park, I tell you about our friends at Shoot 360. If you need uh, something for your kids to do after school, I can tell you this: this is a perfect place to get a membership because you're going to be able to help them get better at the game of basketball. Better place to get the energy out. Um, perfect, especially from somebody like me. I got I got a, a second kid on the way. We're going to shoot 360 as soon as possible. All right, Riley too. So if you want to get out there and help your son or daughter, niece or nephew get better at basketball, jump shot, passing, dribbling, all those skills that go into making a good basketball player, 85 Market Center Drive in, in Cairo. Yep, can be the perfect complement to what your kids are doing in season right now. I know those basketball seasons going on for your elementary school kids, for your junior high and high school kids too. Uh, get them out to shoot 360 in that downtime so they'll never stop, and you'll love it as a father, as a mother, as a uh, an uncle or an aunt um, because those membership options are great. Not going to feel like you're paying a thing. Your kid's going to be having a ton of fun and getting better at the game of basketball, not just with their shot. Ball handling, passing, they've got the works out there. It'll be all the entirety of their game that's improved out at Shoot360. It's why we call it the future of basketball training. Uh, thing is, the future's happening right now, so get out there and go see them before it gets too late. 85 Mark Center Drive in Cart. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. ESPN. Yes, Padiai covers the Memphis basketball program for the Daily Memphian. And he joins us. Now, are you on the road or are you still uh, just taking in everything that Tulsa, Oklahoma has to offer? Man, I am enjoying a uh, beautiful T-Town, beautiful Tulsa, Oklahoma, man. I had to, you know, take advantage of the extra time here. There's nothing beautiful about it, bro. <laughs> you would like you don't have to like stop the cap, man. Like that is man, the underrated city, bro. Underrated. It is definitely <laughs> lowly rated. So, I mean, I it is never a place where I sit oh. around thinking like, man, I got to get back. What's you just so, sit there and drink a beer? What's so bro? underrated about it, bro? Like I'm I'm going to press you on this. What's so underrated about Tulsa? There's museums. It's nice. Man, the, the, the food scene is solid. I didn't get to, you know, experience much of it just because I drove in yesterday and, you know, grabbed a nap and, and got a quick bite to eat. But last time I was here, I had uh, this Italian place and this pizza place that were bomb. And, you know, just speaking to people around here, apparently the, you know, um, the food scene is second to none is, is what I understand. Second to none. <laughs> Man, well, you're not talking about New Orleans or something, bro. <laughs> Second to none. I think you're brainwashed, bro. We got to get you out of there immediately. Yeah, you've been there too long. Man, so they had an availability. Memphis basketball did scheduled for one thirty. So I got back to the hotel at like um, 1 a.m. and, you know, was planning on getting up at 5 or 6 um, to hit the road by 6.30 just to make sure I got back. But, um, you know, I'm sure you all read that the team ended up staying here an extra night. You know, they were stuck on the plane sitting on the runway for like three and a half hours before finding out that, you know, they couldn't take off because of, I think, some kind of mechanical issue, technical difficulties, something like that. So um, that availability obviously got canceled, um, and I got to sleep in and, you know, like y'all said, enjoy enjoy Tulsa a little bit more. That, that's what you said. <laughs> we we had said that. That's what you said. Are you, are you sure they didn't want to just stay to take in, like, the, the underrated food scene? Are you sure that's what it was not about? Culture. Hey man, that might have been it. Yeah. That might have been it. I think they just wanted to spend one more afternoon, one more morning uh, in Tulsa. Okay, uh, Memphis escapes. Memphis escapes with a seventy-eight seventy-five win yesterday, last night at Tulsa. Game winner from Javon Quinterly. Um, being there, what did you take from that win by Memphis? Yeah, I thought late in the first half there was flashes. Right, flashes of the team we saw when they beat you know Texas A and M and yep. Clemson and Virginia. Um, so it seemed like all that was back, right? They were coming back into form. They were finding their groove. And then, you know, obviously Caleb Mills goes down um, with an injury that kind of left the whole, you know, the arena in silence. You know, it was shocking. Uh, players looked distraught. You know, Javon Quinterly walked up to, to Mills as he was on the ground, you know, getting looked at by, uh, you know, Daryl Turner and Penny Hardaway and uh, Darby Rich. And, you know, he couldn't even look. Like, he, he turned back around and was crouched down at half court, just kind of in disbelief. So I think, you know, although they, they did finish the half strong, I think they went on a 7-2 to two run, we're up by 14, um, I think that did have some kind of, you know, psychological effect, and, you know, Penny spoke about that. Um, but it's hard to excuse the late-game execution, right? They're up by, what, 7 with a minute, 5 seconds to go, and um, just kind of imploded. So I think that's concerning, especially when you're talking about you know, they, they played Tulsa. They didn't play SMU. They didn't play, you know, Florida Atlantic. Um, so I think, if, if anything, it just shows you that uh, this team's got work to do still. Who has to step up in his stead? You know, John and I have been sort of going back and forth on that, and you figure it won't just be one guy. It'll be a committee. And and I talked about Jaquan Walton and sort of getting back to being a guy who can do a little bit of everything for you, not maybe, set, you know, your game being so predicated on whether or not your three-pointers are dropping, but – uh, Penny seems to like Jalen Young too, and I saw too. You know, what, whatever he was, it was something that jumped off the page. Plus nineteen, plus twenty for the time that he was out there. Jaden Hardaway is a guy who can get more minutes. Just how do you sort of offset and combat, you know, the loss of Caleb Mills for however long this going to be, and, and you know, if, if it maybe for the season? Yeah, it certainly looks like it's going to be um, for the season. Obviously, there's no diagnosis yet. The the team left here at twelve thirty, so I think they're still in the air. 
um, and Mills will be looked at, um, I'm sure, later today, and, and we'll hear something, uh, you know, hopefully at least by Sunday, obviously, when, when you know, Penny speaks after the SMU game. But, you know, to answer your question, uh, Jaquan Walton, for sure, you know, in terms of production, obviously, you know, his struggles have been well-documented in terms of shooting and scoring the ball and kind of not looking like the guy he was at Wichita State. But, you know, he's still been playing 27 minutes a game, right? Like, he's still one of their top three, four guys in terms of uh, time on the court. So I think when you're talking about who gets elevated in their role, who gets more time, it's got to be Jalen Young. I think that's where you start um, just because now you're, you're down to, you know, really Javon Quinterly and, and David Jones as, as, your, as your ball handler. So just having somebody else off the bench that can, um, you know, orchestrate things, handle the ball, um, kind of control traffic, so to speak, I think that's going to be um, absolutely critical. And then, you know, someone like, uh, like Jaden Hardaway, you know, who can, you know, who struggled to shoot the ball <laughs> this season, but, you know, historically is a, is a, is a decent shooter at least. Um, so I think those two guys, but I think it definitely starts with Jalen Young. Um, the, the addition of Tomlin, obviously it is sort of magnified even further now uh, because of Caleb Mills loss. And it, and it just sort of felt like last night was a, a second straight game now where, you know, okay, this, this dude is, is going to change the dynamics. Like, do you think he's the, I mean, is, I, don't, I know David Jones has been, you know, the leading scorer, but right. how much do you think Tomlin changes sort of, you know, what this looks like? Do you think it now becomes, you know, one night it might be him, one night it might be David Jones? Is everybody comfortable with that? Because I sort of heard Penny on the postgame last night talk about how guys are like, you know, sometimes sulking if they're, they're not, you know, I, I just sort of you start to hear that again. And it's, it's good because it was a win. But how much do you think the dynamic is going to change as Tomlin continues to get acclimated and comfortable here? Yeah, I think it's going to take a little bit of time. Um, obviously, last night looked better, right, than Austin P. than Vanderbilt. But you know, in the in the two games um, that he first played, Austin P. and Vanderbilt, things kind of looked disjointed. I saw, even though Tomlin played well, like the the offense didn't look as cohesive, didn't look as much of a well oiled machine, um, just because you know he hasn't been there, right? Like they're they're adding this guy in after what you know ten eleven games in the season. He doesn't know all the plays. He doesn't know where he's supposed to be. Um, but I think. You know, last night was a was a big step forward in him getting comfortable. He looked comfortable. The team, you know, didn't look as uh, you know out of sorts on offense when he was out there. Um, so I think you know, ideally, you'd want him to be your your second or third option. You know, kind of the same role that he played at Kansas State. You know, behind uh, Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson, um, kind of doing the same thing, right? Behind David Jones, who's you know emerged as All American candidate despite uh, the concerning amount of turnovers. I think he had seven last night, which is insane. Um, behind Jones and, and behind Javon Quinterly. So if he can kind of slot in there, um, you know, and at times, depending on matchups, be that second, you know, second scoring option, if not first, you know, on, on some nights, then, uh, you know, Memphis has got a pretty potent big three there. Parth, I'm just curious where you're at now, now that we're through the, the, the non-conference portion of it, a, a non-conference schedule that Penny put together to hopefully impress the selection committee if you handle it well, and they did. They're 11-2. and two. I'm just curious where you're at in terms of what's realistic Record-wise, what you expect record-wise in this conference and what added up with that non-conference, what it's going to look like in terms of seeding, barring, yes, you have some sort of meltdown in conference play, just sort of what your expectation is and what the ceiling is in terms of seeding for this Memphis team. Yeah, it's tough. And, you know, John and I wrote about this in our, our Tigers talk roundtable the other day, but, um, you know, my level of optimism was, was through the roof after they, you know, plowed through Virginia, you know, a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, and then, you know, Virginia gets killed by Notre Dame and the shine continues to wear off on, you know, that Arkansas win and that Michigan win and other wins that they've had. So now you're asking yourself, you know, they, they did beat these teams, but, you know, and, and obviously not, nothing taken away from Memphis, but you, you got to say, you know, how, how elite or how good were those teams that they beat, right? Um, and you couple that with the struggles against Vanderbilt, Austin P and last night Tulsa. And it's like, you know, you're not, you're not losing faith about getting a top four, top three seed, but um, it's going to be tougher certainly than, than I and probably others imagined um, just a few weeks ago. So I think, you know, anything more than anything more than four losses. And I think you're in trouble, you know, with, with the goals that they have of, um, you know, locking down a top four, top three seed and, you know, really being in a position to, you know, to be favored, to get to the sweet 16 and kind of, 
having a chance to, you know, do more than that, right? Like to yep. do um, something special this year with the team that they have. So um, SNU is going to be tough this Sunday, and I think that's going to tell us a lot, you know, in terms of, you know, can they get back on track um, after the psychological shock that, you know, they suffered with Mills down and after kind of the um, the subpar, really, if we're being honest, performances they, that they've had for now three games in a row. I guess the, the, follow, the follow-up question to that is, you know, how punitive do you believe the selection committee committee will be? Uh, you know, I guess it depends on where the loss happens, who it's to. Oh, but absolutely. how punitive do you think the committee is going to be when it comes to AAC losses? Like, do you think it's going to be a situation where, oh no, I mean they they still beat X, Y, and Z, you know, on a neutral, or or, or do you think that all just sort of that goodwill disappears, you know, at the first sight of of, of trouble in this league? Yeah, I mean, I'd have to think that they're going to be very punitive. You know, the AAC's ranked, I think, the ninth, you know, best conference in, in college basketball. That's behind, obviously, the, you know, the, the Power Fives, the, you know, Big East, and even Mountain West, you know, Athletic 10. Yep. Um, so I think just the perception of the league and, you know, with how watered down it is this year, even compared to, you know, in recent seasons, um, that's going to hurt. Um, and it's making every game kind of a, a do-or-die situation, certainly. Every game that's not SMU, every game that's not FAU, and even, you know, against SMU, you don't want to try both of those because then you're kind of running thin on opportunities to, to boost that resume, boost that profile. Now, you you know, you kind of combine that with, you know, what we've talked about, what y'all have talked about on the radio, um, the the shine, so to speak, the, um, the magnitude, you know, of those wins that they got, you know, early in the season. Aside from really um, Clemson and Texas A&M, some of those have, have gotten a little dull, right? And that's not Memphis's fault, but it just means that, you know, there's not much room for error now going forward. And um, even the computer numbers, I think teams that are, that are high, you know, in, in Ken Palm and, you know, have these super strong offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency numbers, they get, you know, they get more, uh, more grace. Like you look at Michigan state, they lost to James Madison, but you know, there were national writers and even, even myself that still ranked, the Spartans in the top 25, kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt. Um, I don't think Memphis is going to get that benefit of the doubt. Um, what do you think of this Florida Atlantic team that's obviously impressed with wins over teams like Arizona, probably a better win overall than, than anything Memphis has, but then on the other end of it, on the other end of the spectrum, they've got the bad losses that Memphis has avoided, uh, two quad four losses to this point. Sort of, what, do you, what do you make of them at this point in the season in terms of where they could finish and what their seat could be and how it relates to Memphis's? And they've they've got to have the the oddest resume, the oddest really is, of anybody Marf. in college basketball. Because yep. after that Arizona win, there were you know folks who who had you know Florida Atlantic in their top five, top six to start the season, kind of saying, "Hey, I told you so," yep. right? Like they you know double overtime win against a true national title contender on a neutral court um, was certainly something to brag about, and one of the most impressive wins you know um, by any team Absolutely. this season. But then you drop that one to you know Florida Gulf Coast, who's like you know. 230, 240, I believe, in, in Ken Palm. Um, and you don't – they didn't just drop it, man. They were trailing for most of the game, right? Yep. Like they had to come back just to lose by four. Um, and then you look at the Bryant loss, you know, back in November. Um, and you kind of combine all that. And it's a little bit confusing to me um, why they're still um, kind of propped up a little bit. Couldn't agree with you more. Does, does I like that make the, sense? the net loves them. Why, Parth? Is it because of the margin of victories in their wins? Is it because that Arizona win is it? It, it you know it puts it so much higher than what Memphis has done. What, what, I was asking John the reason for the discrepancy, particularly in the net between Memphis and, and FAU. I can't put my finger on it. It's got to be the margin of victory. It's the only like thing they, I can point to. Yeah, like they hammered Virginia Tech, they hammered Liberty. Um, now those teams aren't. You know, world beaters. They might not even be tournament teams, but they but are they hammered. Teams that are, mm-hmm. they, they hammered them, man. Like it wasn't. There was no doubt. They won by I think thirty plus in both games, yeah. um, or at least close to thirty plus in both games um, against two top one hundred Ken Palm teams. And then you add in the Arizona win, you know, which came by a point in double overtime, obviously, um, and and other victories they've had. You know, Loyola Chicago to start the year. Butler is a decent win. Texas A and M is a really good win, I think. Yep. On a neutral court back in uh, back in November, I think it was. So, you know, all that coupled, to, you know, all that combined, I think, is um, why we're seeing them kind of, you know, elevated more than we think they should be um, in the net. Which I think they're still top twenty in, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's nineteen, and, I think. Last I look, you're dead yeah, on. Yeah, that, that's impressive. <laughs> that's really impressive. 
But then, you know, you look at Memphis, right, which is, what, 41st? They didn't move at all after last night's loss. But mm-hmm. the Tigers got seven combined quad one and two wins. And, you know, that's got to matter for something. Only Purdue has more. So um, it's a little bit strange there. It, 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 I guess Penny needs to be running these folks out, out of the gym. John, you need to be blowing these teams out so. if it's about the net ranking, like that. If it helps you that much, yeah, yeah. Look, it's 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 um, it's ridiculous. I, I will say this: there was a I don't I don't remember exactly what the <clears throat> what the uh, what the time was. I think it actually was it was seven it was seventy one sixty eight two minutes twenty seven seconds left. Uh, Haggerty made another jumper to make it a three point game. Pity calls a timeout. And they immediately go on, you know, a little run there, a 4-0 run there. And I thought, you know what, like that, that was something that I don't think Penny would have maybe done in the in past years. You know, like I like I feel like because it, it wasn't, and they were still winning, right? It was, it wasn't like um, they were trailing or anything like that. I just thought I feel like when we talk about this Memphis basketball team and their growth and why it's different on a year like this, I feel like. That's an example. It's a small thing. Now, ultimately, they gave it back because of the stupid stuff at the end. But that's I, what I was going to say next. I, yes. I, 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 I just feel right I just feel like Penny is doing some things as a coach that I hope the nation recognizes that that have shown the strides. And I, I don't know if you've noticed some of those little small things, part of being up close. But it just feels like he's doing things differently now um, than he has in the past. No, for sure. And you know, I've only been around for you know, for a little over a year now. So it's my second year on the beat, but you know, just from what I saw last season and you know, what people have told me being around the program, like that VCU game, prime example, that's a game that Memphis of old Memphis of, you know, past years would have lost that Vanderbilt game. Memphis probably would have lost in, you know, in years past. So just to see that growth where they can, you know, they're not pretty. These wins are not pretty. The, the ones we've seen, the ones we're discussing, but they are winning them when there's teams around the country that, you know, are losing those games and are getting, you know, their resumes dented, uh, by doing so. So I think that obviously shows growth. The fact that, you know, Penny is able to, um, you know, keep his guys at least engaged enough to, to gut out some of these wins and, you know, make some of these adjustments to, um, to not completely unravel, so to speak. No question. Parth, man, appreciate the time. Thank as you, always. brother. Get home safe. Safe travels back. Appreciate y'all. Thanks. Thank you. He is Parth Upadhyay from the Daily Memphian covers the Memphis basketball program. Look, not every coach grows. Not every coach. Not every coach does it get better for. I'll, I'll give you a prime example: Jawan Howard. Jawan Howard took over Michigan, and it looked great early. The returns early were fantastic. Got to a Final Four. Was it a Final Four in Elite Eight? It was one of the two. Uh, I think it was a Final Four though. Uh, and I don't know if you guys have picked up on what Michigan is doing. They are in complete freefall this are year. They? they lost to Minnesota at home last night. And uh, they're six and eight. They're six and eight. And most straight losses. Most everybody that I talk to agrees that it is over uh, for Juwan Howard. Um, So it's not just something you can assume it will always get better for a coach. Um, Sometimes it doesn't. It was an elite eight. Elite eight. Okay. 21. But it was like his first or second year. Sweet 16. The next. I mean, it it started objectively really well. And now it's gone the other way. You know, and I think for Penny, it's working in, in the in the inverse, which is exactly what you want to see, is that it didn't start hot, okay? They didn't get some great tournament success. Although, again, like, they were up on Gonzaga in the second half of the, that second-round game. They were an uh, unfortunate missed call away from being most likely in the Sweet 16 this past year. I still think that, that it's trending very positively for Penny as a head coach. And that again, I say that's not a guarantee in this game, but it's it is at Memphis. It's happening that way for Memphis, which is a very very positive sign. Well, there was always going to have to be some learning on the fly because of where he was coming from. You know, we've compared and very favorably how his first five years stack up right next to Cal's. Cal had been an NBA and a college head coach. Penny had been an AAU and an, and an East High head coach. That's right. And so, and then you're doing it again in a college basketball landscape that has changed. From the time that he took it over in 18 to now with NIL, transfer portal, so many more opportunities now. And so you've had to grow as a college basketball coach, which you've never done before, at a time where it's changing. So how can you not give him a pretty solid grade through, again, you're coming from a world of AAU and high school into the big leagues where they're all doubting you because of the way you came up. And they're all saying, well, after the East kids, you're not going to have anything. I mean, you have to look at that and at least respect 
you know, the, the growth, the adjustments that we've talked about. That's where, you, you know, he really shines. When, okay, this plan's dead. What have I got to do now? Yep. You know, I'm not getting this guard uh, from Alabama. Okay, uh, here late I'm going to go get Javon Quinterly. Like, it's, it's, it's all of that, the ability to adjust, his, what he's learned in terms of roster construction. Yeah, the man is growing. And it, it's not a guy who came in here thinking, I've got everything figured out, and I'll eventually get it done my way, playing 10 and 12, and I'll be five-star young guys. He's, had, he's, he's learned through failure. You know, in, in some of these cases where seasons have gone in a way that he hadn't expected and clearly grown through it. And, um, yeah, I, I think it speaks uh, well of, uh, of of how you should feel about this thing going forward. Certainly the, the word we like to use, trajectory. That's exactly He's got right. it figured out on yep. roster construction. Yep. If, if Johnny's got the resources to get who he wants, yep. uh, Look out! You, you give yourself more swings at it, eventually you're going to break through on one of them. Amen. Yeah. Uh, we'll come back, wrap this up on a Friday. Jason and John, I just... Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Kind of fam, ESPN. How about the Wayne Guru? You know, one of the things I always like to say like about... Wimby had some the other night. Yeah, man, how about that? You're serving uh, the base to uh, Victor Wimbayama. Not the rookie of the year, of course, but still a promising young player. That's not done, is it? He's the significant underdog to Chet. Because of the record. Yeah. And that's that's what's going to be gonna the difference. Hurt. It's going to hurt him. Chet, the, Chet has been legit, though. One of the things I always like to say about Billy Richmond is he keeps it spicy in his life and in his at his restaurant. So okay, that's a, that's I'm not I'm not going to say anything else. House, but there's something in there. Y'all going to have to decipher that. You know, I'm going to leave y'all with that riddle. <laughs> I'm gonna leave y'all with that riddle okay. as we get into the weekend. You're being that, very cryptic as that, we head into the weekend. I don't, that I don't Billy think we appreciate Richman that. Always keeps it spicy. spicy. Yeah. So again, take that for what you will. That me. But uh, I want y'all to. I want to leave y'all with that thought. Big weekend. <laughs> Big weekend uh, in Memphis sports. Obviously, we got the Lakers uh, tonight for the Memphis Grizzlies. You had high hopes for that game. For and I got high, high hopes for Memphis. I just I interrupt you. You can catch that game right here on. 92.9 FM ESPN. Thank you. That's right, man. Team. And then over the uh, on the weekend, on Saturday, starting tomorrow, we have uh, NFL Week 18 action. Yeah, and this big Colts-Texans game you can't stop talking about because you got a little money right now. You're going to miss it this when it's gone. This monster game. You're going to miss it when it's gone. Okay. Yes or no? Dude, they're not even going to win a division. Jacksonville's going to win a division. No, but I'm just saying in terms of like it's 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 like the it's two it's one of two games where the game actually means other teams. It does, and right, it stands out because so many don't. And it's I mean, on it, exactly, and it's on Saturday, which I like. I like Saturday games. Unfortunately, you just know that means it's the end of the NFL season when you start getting them Saturday over. games. You know, over. 
because college football is over. And they're like, all right. It is amazing to me. The NFL will compete with the NBA. They'll say, we'll take them on Christmas. You know, we'll go at them, but we will not compete with college football. It's kind of crazy to me that they, you know, they do yeah. that. You know, because they could. They could say, hey, we're going to go on Saturday now, you know, but they don't. No, it feeds them. Right. It's their, it's their little son. Yeah, the college football product. Yeah, yeah. well, it, it clearly uh, it clearly is working so far. So, no, it should be a uh, should be a fun weekend uh, as we wrap up the NFL season. Yeah, I'm on the Colts plus one. Uh, that's my that's my bet of the weekend in the NFL. I don't really think I'm going to get involved in anything else. I really just don't. I'm not. I'm not. I don't feel super strongly about the Bills or the Dolphins. Dolphins. They Dolphins have injury issues. The Tyreek Hill's house was on fire. Just... Yeah. Same with. I mean, the Bills got Josh Allen uh, injury concerns. As He's Adam playing. told He's us. He's playing though. He is. But Dolphins like, going to be without a ton of that defense. The last two weeks, they have not looked convincing at all. Barely getting by the Pats. Barely getting by the Chargers. Yeah, but getting know? by the key there. They're winning. Um, Miami's kind of in a slide. Mm-hmm. They did beat the uh, the Cowboys, but it took a last second drive and the kicker going four I think, and four. I, I think we're too banged up, my Dolphins. I think we're too banged up here for a run. Well, you're Lost JP, don't have Chubb. Too, I, my, I picked them for the Super Bowl. We're yeah, too well, banged I mean, up to make a Super there, Bowl. Anything can happen. I mean, it's not. I like, just picked them to make it. I, I don't think we even okay. picked winners. Okay. Well, I would have picked San Francisco to crush them. Yeah, like I liked Buffalo a lot more than I do. It's just weird to me how everybody says Buffalo is a team you don't want to see in the playoffs. And I know the market ratings love the, that team, and they're minus six and a half against any team on average on a neutral. But I just don't really buy them. I don't. Fangio called Josh Allen a bigger, faster John Elway. I mean, yeah, I can see it. That's a good that's, comp. That's high praise. Yeah, I mean, I, I just like it's. I, I, John Elway wasn't this uh, volatile. Yeah, just careless with the ball, reckless yeah. sometimes with the ball. I mean, that's I, been that's that's still Josh's issue. Yeah, I think that's that's why but you know if big strong arm, bigger can run fast, all that. That's what that was the comparison from exactly. Fangio, the DC at Miami. All right, that's gonna do it for us today. Uh, keep it locked here at ninety two nine all day Please long. Do. Grizzlies tonight against the Lakers. Gino Jeffrey up next. Don't miss it for Jason. I'm John. We're gone. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.